Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the second episode of Getting Sidetracked. I'm Eric, and uh, I'm here with a brand new set of hosts. In fact, these are new hosts to the Random Chatter Network. You probably heard them before. They've been on our movie draft, and, and they've popped up here and there and elsewhere. But uh, I'm very pleased to bring to Getting Sidetracked Andrea and Shannon. Andrea, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good. Excited for tonight. All right. And our talks. I'm excited that you're excited. Most people, when they have to be on the show with me, they're like, ah, yeah, I, I can barely contain my enthusiasm. So excited is no, good. No, don't worry. I the punching bag. <laughs> I already de-stressed for you. <laughs> well, that's good. All right. We also have Shannon. <laughs> Shannon, how are you doing? Yay. I'm good. Good. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Okay. My, my voice cracked at the end, and that is why there was the oh, kind of at the oh, end. okay. That's that's fun. That's part of podcasting. Mm. Yeah. You know, we could just start it over and get rid of the voice crack and stuff, but that's not how we do it here. We we like to bring people the real deal, the raw recording, you know. We love realism. Exactly. It's all about being real. That's what we do here. So what we're going to talk about tonight is something we generally don't talk too much about on the network. I'd like to change that because it's something that I think a lot of our demographic is very involved in. And some of our hosts are very involved in, and that is video games. Heck yeah. Yeah. Video games have been a, a huge part of our pop culture and our lives for generations now. And it's something we really haven't focused very heavily on, on the network. Uh, but tonight we're going to talk about some of our favorite video games and then what makes a game a good game. What are our personal criteria for defining a good video game. All right. So uh, now I, I should have asked you guys this before we started, but did you guys rank your favorite video games or did you just make a list? I just made a, I mean, obviously the first thing on my list was the most memorable game for me. So technically it's in some kind of an order of like, oh, this is most important because I remember this first. But okay, I, I, so that's I mean, fair. I almost forgot one of my favorite video games, as you guys heard <laughs> before we started. So I, I don't think it really matters. Now, how many do you have on your list? Uh -oh. I did group up series. Oh, my gosh. That, okay. Because I've got <laughs> like uh, seven and and what six maybe six and an honorable mention and Andrea is still counting it as I'm. I got I'm eighteen. Eighteen. <laughs> you guys know this is only a four-hour show, right? No, but the thing is, is that there's eighteen, but within those eighteen, if it's uh -huh. a series, then there's yeah. one that I found like I probably really did not like. So I For mean, those who couldn't see Andrea, she was literally counting on her fingers. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's what worried me. Okay, well, in that case, it, it sounds like we might run a little long. Why don't we we jump into it? Um, I, let, let's do this. I want you guys to each pick the top five oh, dang. most important ones to you, the ones that have made the most personal impact on you. Not necessarily the best games, but the games that are the most meaningful to you personally. And then we'll okay. also cover the other ones on your list, too. But just to kind of get the ball rolling, I want you to think of, of the five that are, are the most the most crucial to you as a person. Does it have to be five individual or can can you group a series? It, if group, it's a series, we'll count that as one. Yeah. yeah. Thank God. Okay. 
I yeah, can do I mean, that. there are some series we could probably do a whole show on a particular series of of right. games. So, well, Absolutely. I mean, if anybody wants to hear that, then they can suggest. Well, that's and true. You- I mean, absolutely. I'd be happy, you know, talking about video games uh, frequently. If people want to hear that sort of thing. So, all right. So, uh, Shannon, I'm going to put you on the spot because okay. I know you're very organized <laughs> and you like to make lists of things. And, hey, and uh, I made a list too. do you remember the round table from The Last Jedi? She said, I've only seen oh. it once, but I've got 14 <laughs> pages of notes. It was six. And she did. Well, the six was the summary, right? That was the table of contents. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I'm too, I, I would like post them, but I'm too embarrassed by them. And I'm afraid they're going to get picked apart by like. Let me tell you from experience, <laughs> they will get picked apart. Yeah. You, you, if I mean, you, I see if you got in line and you said, hey, you know what? The Last Jedi was a movie. It, it was a, it was a Star Wars movie. If you only said Star that, Wars. even that would get picked apart. Now it would. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing is safe. People would argue that. Yep. Surprising yep. enough. All right. So, Shannon, what are your top five? I'm going to start with the first thing I put on my list, which is Uncharted. Yes. Ooh, okay. Um, <laughs> I love Uncharted to death. Um, I didn't play it for a very long time, first of all, because I didn't have a PS3 until almost before the PS4 came out. Um, but I'd heard about Uncharted for years and years, and I heard how good it was. And I think I got it. I think I ended up beating it shortly before they announced Uncharted 4. Um, And God, it's just incredible. I love uh, action movies. I love the Indiana Jones movies. And for me, the thing that made Uncharted so special is because it was like playing an Indiana Jones movie. Um, And Nolan North as Nathan Drake is just so incredible and relatable. Nolan North as anybody I know uh, he does the best Deadpool. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. I, it's just something, you know, the, the characters are so incredible. Um, I mean, Elena Fisher is insanely astounding for a female character in a franchise game, uh, series. And it was just, ah, everybody's so great. Sully and Chloe and Charlie, like the characters are so good. And you know, the way the series ended, was so unexpected and pure. Now, and don't don't give any spoilers because I won't. I, I won't. Don't worry. I have a confession. <gasps> don't you dare! <laughs> I'm going to turn this conversation off. Listen, if you say that you haven't played it, I've been playing video games since before oh. either of you were born. <laughs> I have always played video games, and I went through a period of time where I kind of took a break from video games because I had to. I didn't have time for them in my life. I didn't have the time or money to invest in keeping up with them. Uh, so I have a PS4 that came with some of the Uncharted games and I still have not actually played them yet because I thought maybe I should go back and play the first ones and it, it didn't come with the first one. And 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 uh, forgive me, <laughs> I'll, I'll play them. I know that they're they're beloved and they're well-respected and, and they definitely rank up there amongst the best video games. And they're honestly, uh, especially Uncharted 4, some of the most gorgeous games. Yeah. 
Um, now, could I play Uncharted 4 without having played the previous ones? Like, if I get online I and, wouldn't. like, read a wiki or something to get the spoilers no, from the rest of the... No, You have to immerse yourself. You start loving yeah. the characters I, from the very beginning. Yeah. But, I mean, but I that might mean I don't play it for another decade. That's true. Like, okay, just I, like... I could play 4 or I could not play them at all, you know? The very first game... Oh, one of the best things that I remember of that game is when Sully is talking to Nathan and he's like, he's saying how he's sweating like a hooker in church. That line is like, I use that line every summer. Like, like it's, it's memorable. The quotes yeah. are memorable. The story is memorable. The visuals are beautiful. And I like the story. Um, the story is just amazing. And it does feel like an Indiana Jones, like, movie and yeah it's very nice. low uh head on the heads up display which makes it feel so cinematic yeah but and i love shooting people yeah so. i've heard that about you yeah oh you're still talking so video games right i love games where i can just shoot bad guys it's just so much fun it makes me feel like i'm so stealthy yeah. and i just try all types of tricks so i, I love this game too yeah but so, i quick I sidebar uh, I'm sorry. Quick, quick sidebar. So Andrea, when you play video games, you're more of a, a stealthy snipe them from a distance sort of player. You don't run in with the Bowie knife and, and try to stab them in the I, gut 20 times. See, it depends on how I feel that day when I'm playing uh, the game. Okay. I can be silent and deadly, or I could be completely psychotic and just <laughs> go right for the jugular. Like it just depends on how I feel, okay. but yeah. <laughs> all right so shannon as you were saying i'm sorry yeah no i, I was just saying uh for the way four is written character wise connect connection wise all that jazz i would not play it before playing the other three because really there's a lot to unpack um yeah there's some new characters that were kind of oddly shoehorned in uh it worked but there was something missing because of it however mm. There's still so much there that is like the relationships wouldn't feel the same without playing the other ones. That's okay. the biggest thing. Yeah, that's the biggest thing because there is a lot of stuff that was never ref that was brought into game four that was never referenced in games before because the um, the director, Amy Hennig, uh, left. Right. And so the guys who did The Last of Us stepped in to finish it. And so a lot of that stuff probably came from them and it shoehorned a lot of stuff in a backstory that was never referenced before. And so like you had to kind of stretch your imagination on it a little bit. It, there were parts where it bothered me, like certain parts of the story where I felt like it took away from other characters' relationships. It was still an amazingly done game. I still had so much fun playing it and the characters are great, but that was a flaw for me. A huge flaw was okay. um, adding stuff that would have to retroactively be added that had never been mentioned before. And like having to co essentially cover, cover it up like, oh, here's why he never mentioned that thing, because he was sad about it. Like so kind of a lot of retconning. Yeah, a little bit of retconning. Okay. But I mean, it's still a great game. The story is solid. Um, I still loved it, but yeah, as someone who like played those first three games long before four came out, not necessarily as they came out, but still about a year and a half or maybe two years before it actually came out. Yeah. It, it was jarring. It was a little jarring, but okay. it's, 
hundred percent still an amazing game. Okay. Andrea, why don't you list one of yours and we'll, we'll just kind of go around in a circle for now. Um, I'm going to say mass effect. Ah, when yes. an asterisk, because although a lot of people say that the third one wasn't the greatest, yeah, I do feel that emptiness because there wasn't a lot of closure. But the whole entire, like the whole entire story as a whole, it's just so immersive. There are the planets, the the characters, like you yeah. are made to feel for these characters. I mean, we have Garrus, and that's the the one that everybody loves. Yeah, Garrus um, is awesome. Uh, I, I love Kaden. Kaden, yes. Kaden is incredible. important to me. <laughs> and, and I don't know, just the fact that like you got to create a character and, and you put a little bit of yourself within that character, that, that was very special. And I'm yeah. a very big sci-fi person. So being able to explore planets um, and, and just make decisions that can impact the ending it is huge. I mean, out of all three of them, and I'm not counting Andromeda, um, the second one was my favorite. Just I would agree. The mission mm-hmm. at the very end where every single decision, if you don't yes. know well, it can impact whether they live or die. Yeah. That just like, it sucks because I'm not going to lie, like after playing it the first time and seeing some of my characters die, I had to go ask for help because I was like, <laughs> I, I just don't know what I'm doing wrong. Why am I killing some of my favorites? And, right. and just seeing them die just makes you so emotional because, I mean, you go through the games with them. You know their stories. You know their backgrounds. And if you're able to immerse yourself in the game and actually listen to what they say, it, it's so amazing. And I mean... If you get One that upset when someone gets killed off, that means the writers <laughs> did their job and they made you care yes. about those yeah. characters. And I mean, one of the ones, and again, this is uh, Mass Effect 3, Morden, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil it, but what happens to him, it's kind of This like, is the forbidden topic. Uh-oh. <laughs> it just kills you. Yeah. Um, but but yes, there are some characters that it's nice that you don't know where their loyalties lie and you just have to hope for the best. So I, I really enjoyed it. Um, some of the music is uh, amazing. Yes. Even in Mass Effect 3, although, again, it does have its flaws. Um, the, the, the What's it called? Um, I have it because I always play it when I'm in deep thought. It's Leaving Earth. Yeah. That piano is beautiful and yeah. i loved it so much that I, I don't play piano too much but that particular piece i i learned it because i loved cool. it so much so so yeah. it's all right it's the music the soundtracks it's, are incredible yes mm-hmm. it, even andromeda you know, is really good yeah that yeah track is very good so so that's one of the most memorable ones. I, I feel like I, I learned so much with it. Um, it's beautiful in terms of imagery and just the visuals. Um, again, it's a shooting game. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> so. I, I have a small confession about Mass Effect 3. Um, and this ties into the suicide mission. So the first time I played Mass Effect 2, I accidentally killed the Cerberus crew. And I was like, I'm not cool with this. I'm going to replay this entire game before I even start Mass Effect 3. I am only just about to beat it, so I still have not played Mass Effect 3. Ah, However, you've had it spoiled. However, 
because I made, I came into the game so late. Yeah. Everybody yeah. like, I wasn't like spoiled for it, but like I got, I spoiled myself basically. And, but the game was out for so long. I knew it was going to happen. So I know pretty much almost everything that happens in mass effect three. So I am going to get to it. I want, so want to get to it. And you know, I already know what happens. I did play Andromeda and I, love Andromeda. I know that's a very controversial statement. Um, but I had a lot of fun playing Andromeda and to me, that's what matters. Yeah. Um, and I still cared about those characters and I think it's a shame that they're probably not going to, you know, continue on with it. Um, that's, that's because it didn't live up. Yeah. I thought that was very sad. Like I'm sure we'll get more mass effect in the future and I'm not going to blame Anthem like a lot of other people will. I'm not going to blame, uh, I mean, I do think a huge issue was the how the fans treated it before it came out. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people don't want to say that, but I think that had a huge impact because that meant a lot less people bought the game. Um, it wasn't a perfect game, but I still thought it was a good. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, a, a good um, transition? No, maybe like when you inherit something. The legacy of Mass Effect was yeah, still okay. there. Right. Um, yeah. I liked the focus more on exploration. And yeah. I liked the focus on, you know, uh, relationships with new species and things like that that we didn't get from Mass Effect 1 because they already all knew each other. Mm-hmm. And right. so there was so much good that was there that it's a shame we may never see more of that storyline because of EA the fans yeah. uh, again i refuse EA. to blame anthem ea ea always yeah. ea ea is an <laughs> evil organization it stands for evil association and there you go. so um but yeah you know mass effect is incredibly important to a lot of people it's incredibly important to me um and i i've liked the three games i played and i know i'm gonna struggle with the end of mass effect 3 when i finally get to it because i still don't know how i feel i still don't know which ending i want i mean i know which ending i want i know which ending i want but i don't know how i'm gonna feel when i'm confronted with it it's to make it tough it's tough because regardless of the ending it's the end that that's just the bottom line of it yeah i mean you've got the fact that it's you're done there is no more but then also i kind of felt so my my situation with mass effect i finished the first one a couple of times i i generally rarely go back and replay a game in fact a lot of times i'm kind of a completionist so as i'm going through a game i've got to get every single little thing i don't finish most of the games i play i just don't uh, Mass Effect 1, I finished at least twice. Uh, Mass Effect 2, I finished at least twice. I did not finish 3. I got all the way up near the end of 3. I had it spoiled for me. I was already kind of like, I, I'm enjoying the journey, but I, I didn't like any of the endings. I didn't find them all that satisfying. And and I don't, I didn't get all worked up about it like a lot of the fans did. It's not, I didn't lose sleep over it. You know, it, yeah. a game is not about the end. The game is about the game as you're the playing. It's right. the jur- yeah. And I liked the journey enough that the ending I was disappointed with, but that didn't break it for me. But I got close yeah. enough to it that I'm like, okay, I've, I've basically got it. All I can do at this point is bring it to a close and then not have any more. 
Yeah. If I leave it the way it is, I can always in the back of my head say, hey, I, I've still got another two or three hours left. I could go back and do so it's always yeah. there. It's kind of like uh, having eight or nine series uh, seasons of your favorite TV show and not watching the last three or four episodes. And that way it's always still going in yeah. the back of your head. Uh, now, Andromeda. I got what I'm estimating to maybe be 20 percent of the way through it. Uh, it just, it didn't click for me. I don't have the same complaints as other people do that the facial animations, I don't care. I grew up in the age yeah. of like super Mario brothers and Pac-Man. And I mean, they didn't have eyes and noses on half of the, I mean, have these you know? people, the issue is too, that a lot of Bioware players only play Bioware games and there's a yeah. reason why, but I sit there and I look at them like, have you ever played a Bethesda game? Right. I'm yeah. playing Monster Hunter World right now and I'm catching up on Horizon Zero Dawn and I'm like and Horizon Zero Dawn's better about it than I just started playing Monster Hunter World like ye literally yesterday. And I was watching the the facial animations and the cutscenes and I literally was thinking to myself, "Wow, and people were complaining about Andromeda?" Yeah. And I don't care. I I don't play it for the cutscenes. I play it for the gameplay and I'm very happy with it so far, but I'm like why do people get that worked up to that level about it? But Andromeda right. for me, it just, it didn't really click the mass effect series as a whole though. Not only the characters, but just the world building. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. the location, the, the sense you get as you're exploring, you really do feel like you're in the middle of space on a spaceship and it's just empty around you and you can go anywhere. It, it doesn't feel claustrophobic. And yet you never feel like you don't know where to go next. And yet yeah. you always feel like you have a choice of where to go. And so that I like that about a game and Mass Effect really nailed that. And I enjoyed everywhere I went in Mass Effect. And it's a shame that we're not going to get a movie series out of it. When Mass I Effect know. 2 had been out for a long time, just before Mass Effect 3, there, was, there were a lot of people online talking about how this is the next Star Wars. And in a way... I agree in the sense that it's this epic, expansive universe where there's a lot going on, but then in the background, there's this big evil that's kind of looming overhead that a lot of people don't even realize is there. And, and you've got to save the universe from itself almost. Yeah. In addition mm -hmm. to, to fighting this big, bad thing coming in, it, it felt very Star Wars ish to me. Yeah. And I mean, I, yeah. No, well, no, no, go ahead. <laughs> it was actually what I, I have. I go through like a cycle of fixation. Um, it's it's part of my mental thing. I won't go into it, but uh, I was actually currently into Mass Effect when I was introduced to the Expanse, ah. and I think that was what made it so easy for me because it gives you that same yeah. like idea with the same thing where you know we are limited, but there's something out there and it's waiting. And then, you know, the story right. progresses and it becomes slowly bigger, just like Mass Effect did. And I remember thinking, you know, it's almost like I was waiting for more stuff like this. And I can I, definitely I see really the grateful. similarities there. Yeah. Something from outside of of the galaxy technology mm -hmm. you don't really understand. Uh, yeah, there are definitely some correlations between the Expanse and Mass Effect. I, I can see that. Like, and then you have that not quite unwilling hero, but that person who is just doing their job, who ended up being the face of the resistance. Like, right. just 
more and more. And it, I think that's what drew me in because it, it was something I was already in love with. And it's just the compelling characters. And it's just it's got so much that makes a story resonant that, of course, you're going to find that in other things because it's just one of those stories. Right. And, you know. I had a point and I lost it just now. <laughs> I cannot remember what I was going but, to say know, about Mass Effect. It's nice because it's like kind of like good versus evil. You really don't know which side you're picking. And, you know, it's funny that you mentioned the expanse because the husks in Mass Effect look yes. just yeah. like the, the molecule. Be- yes. yes. Yep. It's I crazy. had the same vibe. Yes. And That's by the way, one of my complaints in Mass Effect 3 <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be so bad. Oh no! Is that I can never fully romance James Baker. <laughs> like that's just like the saddest who, thing. Ever. Who are you trying to romance that you can't? James Baker. Like no, oh, you can actually. Oh. You can actually sleep you, with him. I was going to say full romance. Oh, it's actually okay. Very yeah. the the way they ended up writing it. There were so many better ways because the way it ended up being playable actually was kind of sexual assault tinted <laughs> and um oh, see i never went down that path so i yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i mean the there's a lot of i've been involved with the fandom and there's a lot of incredible people there but there are some people who you know, well i'll put it this way like people will see that tint uh-huh. there and they'll argue against it which is what you should do but then uh-huh. they'll still kind of perpetuate negative uh, ideas in that zone. Um, so it's it's one of those things where like, you feel like you can't speak up. And mm. I, had, I had a lot of issues. It's one of the reasons why I kind of backed up a little from the fandom, you know, big name fans uh, would put out an idea. And if you didn't agree with it, you were just yeah. a hater or whatever. And um, I went through a lot of bad stuff because, like, I, I was playing the game and fell in love with Caden uh, while I was figuring out my own, like, sexual identity. And so mm-hmm. there was a lot of bad stuff tied into it from, like, these big-name fans yeah. to, like, an issue where, you know, it was questionably biphobic and bi because Caden actually is a canonically bisexual character, right. um, which is amazing. But, uh, you know, there would still be people like writing him as if he were straight. But no, he could date a man. He maybe sometime. But like, eh, like, it, but like he didn't really of, mean it. It was just kind he of didn't really mean it. Like, right. idealistically, he could date it like things like that. So the issue is that there, there were some like and most of the issues are in game three. There are some issues in game one, which I can chalk up to like rusty game writing from 2007 like there are a lot of issues with Caden's writing for instance in regards to the romance for the female shepherd and if you end up choosing to date Liara over him there's like but they learn from it is what's important and then things like because of the rushed writing of of you know Mass Effect 3 uh those issues arose again like the the, t- the sexual assault tint of the romance with James Vega, because essentially you sleep with him and he really, it, it, they, the way it sounds is that Shepard got him drunk and coerced him. Oh. And that's 
not okay. And that's only in female shepherd's storyline, which makes it worse. I mean, not only is it not okay in most states and the United States, it's yeah. actually legally rape. You get yep. arrested for it. You go to jail. <laughs> I mean, that's not a small thing. It's not. And, you know, I'm I'm glad people see that see the the trickiness, the stickiness of it. And yeah. a lot of a lot of the writing issues are again with female shepherds storylines. And I'm yeah. glad that people call it out. But again, at the same time, they'll perpetuate still bad behavior. James Vega is Latino, for instance, and they will like write him as the sexy Latino guy. Like yeah. it's like very tropey. And so, you know, there's still a lot of issues that fans can't seem to like fully fix themselves. Yeah. But at least we're recognizing the flaws in female shepherds writing. And that is incredibly important because Mass Effect 3 had still had a lot of issues. Well, with I think that, it's like, that female it's, like shepherd, she was like very like there were some I think it was in the second game, she was like throwing herself at some of these characters and it mm -hmm. was very problematic. It was just like calm down, girl. I That's mean, not the way to approach a man. <laughs> well, you know, she's yeah. been cooped up in this ship for a long time. I mean, sometimes but, like the thing is is that if you play with male a male shepherd, he's like all suave and like mm -hmm. he's not as hungry. <laughs> For, yeah. for these, but again, that's... And, and see, I'm going to confess, I, I played the female shepherd all the way through the, the game I mean, series. Jennifer Hale. Yeah, I She's mean, you gotta. I've got a lot of respect for her as a voice actor. I think she does a great right. job. Yeah. And, yeah. and part I'm, of it, like now, I this wasn't always the case, but now, like I, I would just kind of random, you know, one game, I'd, oh, okay, male character, another game, oh, okay, female character, whatever. Now that I've got, well, he's eight now, so it's not as bad as when he was six, but all kids, at least all little boys seem to go through this. Well, I'm a boy and boys are better than girls. And, you know, it's a phase they eventually grow out of. But my wife and I were trying to be very aggressive about it. So I would troll him basically because he loves video games, but I would always choose female characters. And I'd be like, well, what? Why, why is that a problem? <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean she can't? She would. Well, yeah, but she would shoot better if she were. Oh, oh yeah. Pick up the controller. <laughs> go ahead. Now pick up the controller. We'll see who shoots better. <laughs> he had the old, yeah. you know, Superman's as strong. There are no girl characters that are as strong. I'm like, oh, what about Rogue? Well, mm -hmm. yeah, but but I bet that like some no no Rogue in this and it started like breaking out the old books of like the different power levels and stuff. He's like, Dad, that was written a long time ago. It's changed now. <laughs> like, oh, you little brat. <laughs> they always find a loophole. Yeah, I know, right? But I mean, I I always played the the female uh, shepherd character in in this series, and I guess I didn't. Re yeah, there were some things too where I'm kind of like, wow, she's like really into that that guy or that girl or whatever. It's like okay, uh, yeah. But I I didn't know that there was that uh, yeah. difference between the female and the male as far as the approach that they took. I figured it would be yeah. written the same way and just voiced with the the male or the female voice actor. But yeah. I mean, another huge issue is, and this is one again that can't be replicated with a male shepherd is the uh, what's his name Jacob issue. Yeah. Which is if you romanced Jacob as female shepherd in game two, when you went into game three, not only when you went to to you know when you were in jail, he moved on. In yeah. this is this is within six months. Get ready. He moved <laughs> on. Got a woman pregnant, 
And when he sees Shepard again, wants to name the child after Shepard. Yeah, guys are like that, though. We're idiots. <laughs> it's just like that's, that's a bit much. Like I did not know that. That's kind of yeah, crazy. That's something the male shepherd cannot replicate because you can't romance that character. So yeah. there's just you know I gotta say I gotta say this though EA I'm I'm not a fan of EA, uh, <laughs> but as far as the Mass Effect get and it was Bioware that developed those right okay yeah it was Bioware so they have been more progressive about their diversity and about more socially relevant storylines and stuff like that. They're not perfect. Um, and there are still some tropes and stereotypes that they maybe need to move away from. And, and I hope that they do in the future, but we're, we're, we're making progress in the right direction with them yeah. where a lot of other studio studios are not. And that's promising. Yep. And and so I applaud them for that. Is there still more work to do? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Andromeda right. still had a couple of oh yeah issues. Yeah, I mean, I we've already gone to so many issues. Yeah, and we could I do know, like a whole. We could do a trilogy of a whole, episodes on Mass Effect. I could do a whole hour just talking about the issues of Mass Effect. Um, but you know, that says again, something about the game. Again, the fact that we're sitting here discussing character relationships with one another in a video mm -hmm. game. In an old video, I mean, not old, old, but the first one, what, 2007? So it's over oh, a decade. Reaching, yeah, it was the 10 year anniversary was recently. Yeah. So the fact that we're getting this into discussions about the relationships, that speaks well to the level of writing and also the gameplay. Because if the writing were yeah. great, but the gameplay yeah. sucked, we still wouldn't have played it through to actually learn anything further about the story. So it's the exactly. whole package, really. It, it's a great series. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if if one part of the equation is not there, you can't really fully love right. what right. you're playing, right? Right. So I yeah. do agree with that. Yeah, although there are things that are questionable and sometimes it's like cringeworthy. Yeah. It doesn't take away from the fact that it's yeah. high up there in favorites. Right. You still love it. Games. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, I remembered my point, and it was okay. The ending may be, you know, controversial, but at least the original release had an ending, Dragon Age Inquisition, that you had to buy the ending as a DLC or buy the PS4 what? version. Are you serious? Yep. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm glad I didn't. I bought it and I just, I couldn't get into it. It felt like it was trying to be medieval Mass Effect and it just, I mean, I don't get into medieval stuff as much as sci-fi anyway, but it mm -hmm. just, there was something about Dragon Age that just, didn't yeah didn't do it for me and if that's the case i'm glad i didn't go any further well i have inquisition and i did i do have the game of the year edition so it came with everything so i have the full oh, I game did too. so okay so yeah. i might have the ending yeah you have the full game um i love the care I, I haven't played the first two yet and i really so badly want to it's just that they're so they're still so incredibly expensive which is super frustrating and they're for ps3 which i'm usually not playing because oh. my ps4 is down here yeah. but i still want to play them i intend to buy them and play them but i I've love got so the many characters. other games i want to play though i, I know <laughs> if it's been that long the chances of me going back like, and that's the thing with the uncharted series the chances of me going that far back and playing older games like that like i still want to go back and finish alan wake someday mm. uh because i liked that as far as i had played it through but it's one of those things where if they didn't, if they hadn't released a version of it for the Xbox one, I'm not going to go 
pick up another Xbox 360 now that I got rid of my old one. I'm not going to pick up a PS3. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's not going to happen. Uh, now I, yeah. I will admit I did go back and play Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. I, which I probably should have put on my list. The I Uncharted Trilogy list, but... was re-released for PS4. Okay, I yeah. might have it. Maybe I do have the whole series. Stop making excuses. <laughs> I don't. Uh, but here's the thing. I'm I'm admitting my fault because I should know at least whether I have it or not, right? So yeah. I'm saying I don't well, even if know if don't, I have the whole thing. If you don't, your birthday was a couple of days ago. So, I mean, you can use that. Yeah, yeah that's birthday excuse. money. I, I could what birthday money? <laughs> I could use Here, that excuse for another couple of days, but all right. Well, you know what? Mass Effect was on my list too, and I've got a shorter list than you guys. So, Andrea, I'm going to call you out next. Pick another one. Okay. Well, I'm not going to say Uncharted again because we we already sure. talked about it. Sure. Um. So I'm going to go with uh. There's there's four. So I'm going to go with Kingdom Hearts. Okay. That was on my list too. Sorry, I was a far away from my mic. From that was the on my very list beginning, it just captivated me. I just, yeah. I love the fact that it took something that I loved as a child, and and made it into a huge story where worlds collide. You have Sora, and he's just my favorite. He's just a, like such a strong yet like very. I don't want to call it as like a young, I guess, character. I don't want to call him immature because he, he, Mm -hmm. like, that's not the word that I'm trying to choose. Mm -hmm. But just him and his story with Donald and Goofy, just like two of my favorites and just them exploring planets. I don't know. It just brings out the child in me. And I can actually see myself playing this game when I have my own kids because I think that that's something that they're going to love. And every single game, it was just so incredible. And it just got like so much better. Um, But I think like the first one is just the best one for me just because it was the beginning of everything. And it, it, it was the beginning of Sora's journey, but it was also the beginning of my journey with this character. So it kind of felt like we were bonded. And the music is also something that oh just I God. love. Um, I love the music. Such um, an incredible score. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, well, it's made my, by, my, is it made by Square Enix? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so yeah, a lot of that, I mean, they do all the Final Fantasy stuff. A lot yeah. of the games they do have incredible scores. So it's good to know they that do. it's consistent yeah. with it. I'm pretty I still sure haven't played... it was the same composer. Eric, it wouldn't surprise me. I was going to say that I haven't played it yet, but it's on, they released Kingdom Hearts like 1.2 <laughs> and 2. Yeah. something. It's on it's my 1. list. 1.5 and 2.5. I wanted to see. I, I have both of them. Back before that came out, I knew I wanted to play, but I knew that was coming. So I wanted to wait until that came out. And then, uh, you know, life just kind of took over. And, and now I've got to get around to playing it again. But I love I mean, the, the concept of them mashing up like the Disney world with uh, the uh, the more traditional kind of Final Fantasy-ish JRPG sort of thing. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing is, is that one of the biggest like news events surrounding Kingdom Hearts is the fact that Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to be released for the Xbox. And the Kingdom Hearts games were never released for Xbox before because of like deals with Sony and everything else. And uh, like smaller deals with Nintendo to get like the handheld games. Um, Since I mean, I'm not quite sure how that shook out. But um, I mean, Kingdom Hearts was how I got 
how I became the PlayStation do or die human being that I am. Uh, My friend had it and let me play it at his house. And I loved it so much that all I wanted for Christmas was a PS2. And literally the day after Christmas, my parents took me out and I bought Kingdom Hearts. And Kingdom Hearts 2 is probably one of my top five games. Yeah. Um, I had so much fun playing. I'm still in the middle of my playthrough, which again, you know, 2.5 is for PS3. My PS3 is upstairs. Um, But my God, I just, the world is so immersive and it combines like, you know, two things I love, Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts, Mm -hmm. or Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasy and Disney. Disney, yeah. Um, And I like distinctly remember like the commercials on Disney Channel when it was made. And because back then they were like so stoked that they were having like this major video game. Um, and the story behind how the title came about, everything about it was just so magical. Well, it may be one of the best uses. I mean, I haven't played it, but I'm, I'm familiar with a lot of the, the concept and some of the storyline and stuff like that. It's probably one of the best uses of the Disney franchise characters in oh, a video yes. game. And there have been oh, plenty yeah, of like... Disney video games out there, but this has got to be the best use of those characters. Yeah, and I mean, the gameplay was incredibly easy for, like, kids. And it's I mean, so much fun. It stands out. <laughs> it's still, and it stands up, too. Yeah. It's still yeah. incredibly fun and easy. And, you know, it's a little less restrictive than, like, the original, like, Final Fantasy, because, like, you can move mm-hmm. and attack, and you don't wait turns, but it still had the same feel. And it, it was just, like, it's one of those things that, as an adult, I still love playing it because it just makes it makes me feel energetic playing it playing this video game and like you know video games nowadays a lot of them they're so i mean not nowadays they've always had an element but especially you know all these games have to be dark and gritty and just like our television everything has to be dark and gritty and drama heavy but this was so good and colorful and bright and hopeful and yeah. it still was so good and or they've got to be so frustratingly difficult yes too. that yeah. too and i understand the appeal of a challenge and the Bloodborne. achievement that you feel right and the <laughs> sense of achievement you feel after you complete that challenge but there's also a point at which it's just it's a an exercise in frustration. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm older now and I don't have as much time for gaming as I used to. When I sit down to play a video game, I want to have fun. I don't want to mm. frustrate. You know how many other options yeah. I have if I'm looking for a way to frustrate myself? You <laughs> know, <laughs> it's not hard to find bell. something. <laughs> Just turn on the TV. Right. There's always news around. <laughs> right. It's CNN or something. So I want to play a game that's fun. And, uh, so that's another thing that appeals to me about this, uh, about this game you know it's not so difficult that it's frustrating and yet it there's still something like it's easy but without being boring at least i get that impression like you're still kind of progressing through the game and Mm -hmm. and getting somewhere and and so that's and i mean there are difficult challenges like it's similar to to every other game that the water dance (laughs) during when they're on hollow bastion for the what in the valley right in game two holy shit i played that so many times and i remember as a kid looking at it and every time i was getting ready to play this boss fight again just like dance wanna dance like making fun of him because i played that part 
so many times. A, thank God in Kingdom Hearts 2, they let you skip cutscenes because that cutscene made me rage so much. <laughs> and one of the one of my issues with the first game was that you couldn't skip cutscenes. So if you kept mm. dying, like like in that battle with Riku when he's possessed on Hollow Bastion, the hardest boss battles are always on Hollow Bastion. <laughs> but like I, you know, it was just <laughs> these boss battles were so frustrating and irritating. But damn, they were like inventive and everything everything was different. Like that's what made going to the worlds not so repetitive was that there was something different every time. There was a a different strategy for every single playing a lion. I was so stoked when they put Simba world, Simba world, (laughs) pride lands. Can I, can I just say that there's a certain irony to the fact that the one game series that we're talking about here, that's designed really around appealing to kids is the one where I've got to bleep you for an S bomb. I know. I, there's just there's a I certain it, irony I there. It. As Holy soon as crap, I said it, uh, <laughs> earlier I caught myself and I said "heck," and I am I'm, so I'm very proud of you. I because as soon as I said it, I regretted it, but I I didn't want to stop and say sorry and lose my point like I did okay. earlier. I actually no. was two seconds from from apologizing. That's okay, all right. I'll, I'll eventually and then he'll, he'll have no 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 i'm not i don't want to encourage this <laughs> you know ed- editing takes some time people it takes but, yeah but right. i mean and we can't talk about this game <laughs> without talking about the dynamite all-star cast well we gotta like, talk about it quick because game. we're 45 minutes into the show and we've billy talked zane, about i think three game series villain. so far billy zane played the villain Okay. You yeah. Husband. You yeah. had Sean Aston. Oh yeah. You had oh my god, I'm trying to remember uh Hayden Panettiere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um holy shit. Oh <laughs> indeed. I yes. can't remember all, but it was a great cast, and I think that's also what drew me in. They got a lot of the original voice actors back for a lot of their roles, yeah. which oh, yeah, is yeah. also amazing. Not so much the second game, but they still did their best, and they had to work with Haley Joel Osment's puberty, which I also thought was hilarious. Okay. Always. Let's go. Next. <laughs> um, all right, so I'm going to throw one of my favorites in here. I think that one of the most ingenious games of recent history is Portal and Portal 2. Portal! Pretty interesting games. I I think it's brilliant that they came up with what's basically a first-person shooter, and yet you're not actually... It's not about combat. It's about puzzle solving. But then you're introducing a way to break the laws of physics while still having a physics system. And... There's no character interaction. You've got one character in the game that speaks. She's an AI. And Dragging yet, you the whole time. Right. She is easily <laughs> one of the most memorable video game characters of the last decade. And, and, and this was an independent game. This, this Well, not really independent. I mean, it was from a studio people knew. It was from Valve. But it was like a bonus feature that they added into Half-Life 2. It wasn't even really meant to be a whole like game and, and it blossomed into this this cult classic. And then Portal 2 was even more epic and went even further beyond that with with a new uh, 
new physics puzzles, kind of a new game engine as far as the physics go. And it's just, it's ingenious. It's memorable. I have played Portal and Portal 2 more times than I can count. Mm-hmm. And I watched someone do a speed run the other day and they completed the entire first game in like 15 minutes. And that's including oh the loading and the oh elevators and stuff. God. There was literally, oh, no. there was a level. I had to back it up like four times. They walk out of the elevator, they shoot a portal, they shoot down, they go through the portal and they're walking into the end elevator while GLaDOS is still <laughs> like reciting the opening lines for the thing. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Did he just skip oh a level? And I had to back it up. <laughs> no. It unbelievable. <laughs> but some of the the speed runs and they've got, uh, they've got uh, not so much speed runs, but like challenges where you use the fewest amount of portals. I saw when they used 15 portals through the whole game. Oh That's God. It. Um, another one where you take the fewest amount of steps. So you basically travel exclusively using portals. portals yeah. And just the level of creativity. There's, it was one of the first games I ever played that had director's commentary built into the game. Uh, there are challenge modes for a lot of the maps afterwards. You can go back and play a more difficult mode where uh, certain barriers or obstacles are there. Um, and then Portal 2, when they brought in uh, Stephen Merchant to do Wheatley. Oh, I, I was just going to mention it such Incredible. a funny character. Oh, I Loved love that it. character. And how yes. do you top GLaDOS? I mean, that's the thing. It, it was It was doomed to fail because you just can't do it. And yet they succeeded. Yeah. So that's one of my picks. My favorite, one of my favorite all-time games is Portal and Portal 2. Yeah. I mean, even before I got a chance to play it, everybody knew what the cake was a lie. Right. That's the thing. It's become <laughs> ingrained in our pop culture now. It yeah. put uh, Jonathan Colton on the map for a lot of people. If you haven't uh, heard any of his music, I actually went on one of the Joko cruises, which was really cool. Got to hang out with him and Will Wheaton and, um, oh, geez. Who else? Uh, a bunch of people, but it was yeah. pretty cool. Jonathan Colton's really cool if you're not familiar with his music. But um, all right. So next up, Shannon, why don't you why don't you pick one? Pick one that's Ooh. not going to be as long as Mass Effect or <laughs> um, or or some of these other more epic ones. Oh dear. No, just pick whatever you feel like it. You know what, Eric? <laughs> but we won't I, go into detail. Well, I'm currently torn between two franchises right now because I don't know which one somebody else might pick. Mm. So because I feel like it's less likely to be picked, I'm going to go with Dishonored. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say what the other one was in case it comes up, but I'm sure it will come up sometime in this conversation because it is so iconic. But to Dishonored, from the second I picked up that first game, and I forget why I did it. Oh, it was because it was a PSN game, and I'd heard so many great things. I had to, I had seven days to play it because this was before I could afford a PSN uh, subscription every month. So I had seven days to play it. My trial, I beat it in three because I did not want to stop. Hmm. Now you guys were talking about like stealth. Uh, you know, going in and shooting them. Right. Dishonored uh, rewards you for doing one or the other in very different ways. Um, I mean, so it, it, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Dishonored. Yes. Okay. I haven't played it, so, but I, I've done a lot of research on it. Yeah. Um, first of all, that world building is insane. Yeah. Um, from top to bottom, like from set design to like lingo 
to artwork and stories because uh, you can find like, you know, excerpts of stories and research papers and you can find art. Mm-hmm. It is insanely detailed. Arcane like killed the world building on this game. Yeah. The animation is, I find it hilarious. I love the AI. I love their NPC lines. Uh, you know, let's gather for whiskey and cigars tonight. And all the goofy, like so many memes came out of how repetitive it was. (laughs) Um, and just the story itself is a little like, it's one of those stories that you think is played out. You know, you have, uh, the protector to the queen and the, or the empress and the empress is murdered, uh, right in front of him and he's framed for it. And as you're playing the game, the story starts like come out of the woodwork and like you find out, uh, you know, I don't really want to spoil it for people. I know it's been out for a while, but it's, yeah, but some you people know, might still pick it up. Exactly, especially yeah. with Dishonored Two, which just came out right. uh, two years ago. Um, came out on my birthday. Oh, um, nice. So yeah, I have Corvo's mask over there, which is one of my favorite things. <laughs> um, but the story, like, I wouldn't necessarily say it was the story that compelled me, but what came of the story. And the gameplay is just so much fun because you do, you decide, do I want to be stealthy and non-lethal or do I want to just kill everybody? And the way you play it changes the rest of the game Mm -hmm. and the world after, excuse me, both before and after the game ends. The high chaos, low chaos, um, you know, way of having your story play out was, to me, that was new for me. And I wanted to be low chaos because... You know, I don't want to break the world that I'm trying to help. Um, <laughs> but the dichotomy, because I looked it up, too. I Obviously, I looked up what happened if I didn't do this, 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 or this. And it's horrifying. And, you know, unfortunately, Dishonored 2 retconned people who played High Chaos. They basically said Low Chaos was canon. And that upset a lot of people. But, again, just like with Mass uh, Effect, You got to do something, happened. though. yeah. You know, and it's just, I thought it was super compelling and that, you know, seeing this whole world that is very obviously lived in, but isn't it? Because it's not real. And then Dishonored, I was so excited for Dishonored 2. I remember when that trailer played and Emily was going to be a playable character. I was the most stoked yeah. Uh, because this is around the time when we were calling for more female protagonists in video games. Right. And Emily was a character we knew. And as the trailer was playing, I remember everyone, because I was watching Bethesda live during the reveal, because it was during E3. I remember seeing everyone like, wait a second. Is that a woman? Wait, hold on. Is that? Hang on a second. And then they said at the end of the trailer, Emily Caldwin. And I remember hearing them in this in the theater just like react audibly to it. Just like when they reacted to the news that Final Fantasy VII was actually a remake, not a remaster. Like you could hear it because the excitement was just like, oh my God, it's little Emily Caldwin. We're going to be able to play as her. And her powers were different and it was in a different city. So again, it was a world that felt lived in despite not existing. They built themselves, they made their own engine for this game because they needed all these small pieces to work. Right. Like clockwork. And they made their own and like, yeah, the the second game kind of um, was not quite, but almost 
exactly the same story-wise as the first one. There were there was a major difference where like, you know, I won't go into it. It's right at the beginning of the game, but I still won't go into it just in case. Um, but there was still so much refreshing newness to it being in a new city. There's a time travel mission. Like, honestly, the the things that Arcane comes up with, because I'm playing Prey right now, and Prey is also stunning, and the visuals and just the creativity of these stories, the things that I never considered or even thought about, that's what made this game so amazing. The world building is what made this game for me. Yeah. Um, I love the characters. I mean, Corvo doesn't speak in the entire first game, and I'm still not sure how I feel about him speaking in the second game, but again, it's another all-star. They have amazing casts for both games. Rosario Dawson is in the second one and Vincent D'Onofrio. Mm-hmm. Um, just, and Carrie Fisher actually has a cameo in the first game. Cool. Uh, it's a little bit of an Easter egg. So like the, the, their talent searching is just amazing. And the casts are great. And I could say so much. It's just a beautiful game which is such it for me, it was so interesting. And I was so hooked on just this world, like the world of Dunwall and, and the empire of the Isles is just so, and how could I forget the outsider? Like just, whew. Okay. <laughs> so much to unpack and I'm trying to take forever, but I just love this game and just the mix of the occult, which I forgot to mention is a huge part of the game. The, the occults with, like, you know, sneaking and, oh man, everyone should play Dishonored. There you go. That, that sounds like a ringing endorsement there. Yeah. And what made it easier was that I seemed to be the only one who was like put a lot of time into these games. So it was easy for me to talk about very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I have a funny feeling you have completed far more of the more recent games than I have. So. It's easier for me because I have the equipment for the more recent games. So yeah. I, I pay attention to games more than I did when I was younger. Yeah. Well, and I used to have too much of a life and now I have none. So now I can <laughs> going forward, I'll be able to keep up with a lot of them. But game, all right, game, Andrea, game. you are up next. OK, this one, I'm going to put both of these games in the same category because I they have the same feel to them. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Shadow of the Colossus and The Last Guardian. Um, okay. Those two games are very, very unique. Um, Shadow of the Colossus, they're going to be doing the remake. It's coming out soon. Um, and, and that, just the story, um, following um, uh, Wander's journey um, of him trying to get his his um, girlfriend, girlfriend, right? It's his girlfriend back. She's she's in a deep sleep, and he has to fight these um, colossus. And every single one is so different and so unique. Um, and the way that you have to kill them um, is also like you have. It's challenging. You have to climb them, and it just looks so beautiful as you work through trying to figure out how to kill them. And, and you really don't get the full gist of the story until the very end. And that's one of my favorite things about the story, that it always keeps you wondering, like, what is going on every single time you kill a Colossus? Um, So I really like that story. And then same thing with um, The Last Guardian. I played it last year um, with my mom and my little brother. Like, my mom loves watching me play games. Um, So I I played it and this whole entire dynamic um, that – 
you 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 start looking at the story you don't really know what's going on you're playing as this little kid um and then at the very end it's kind of you feel sadness and i don't want to really go too deep into it but you feel a lot of sadness and you kind of also feel feel like very scared and there there's a horror aspect of it because of what you realize that the creators decided to do with a lot of the plot points um so so it's a game that just makes you have mixed feelings but at the same time you enjoy it which is very morbid if you realize what's happening at the very end um but, but wasn't I, I there really... like a, a mid credits or a post credit scene too i i remember watching the video of the end of the game and I yes. remember all the stuff you're describing, but then at the very end, there was something that felt much more hopeful. Yes. Yes. Um, but it's still, it, it's, yeah, still it's still a little strange. Yeah, you're right. Um, I really want to play it. So don't say anything. Oh, I yeah, won't. I, I just, <laughs> uh, I, I might be saying it wrong because again, I haven't played it in a year, but Trico it is such an amazing character and I love him. And my little brother has a statue of him and oh, it's cool. just, it, I, I really enjoyed it. My little brother, um, he kind of did like, he was very in shock about the ending. He yeah. didn't know how to feel about it. But again, just because he, he fell in love with the two characters, game it made it impactful and he actually cried during the ending and he made me cry he made my mom cry it was just crazy it was a chain of events but those kinds of video games that they also like even though the ending isn't is bittersweet but you can you you grow up with the characters it's very right. beautiful and i really enjoyed that game the story was pretty interesting and very mysterious mm-hmm. and you really didn't know what you were going to get from it yeah cool. I cried at the end of Uncharted, so I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to go kind of old school here. Um, This, I think, is before your time. Uh, This, I'm going to say, I don't remember when the first ones in the series came out. I picked up the series in the mid to late 80s. It's a series called Ultima. They did I have heard of it. Ultima yeah. one through Ultima nine. So what makes this series stand out to me is I, I came into the games in Ultima four and a lot of the games at the time there were, um, Oh, there was King's quest and there was Bard's tale and they were all the typical medieval, um, either slay the dragon or rescue the princess or defeat the evil wizard. We know whatever it was. Ultima four was about your character helping the world. And that sounds really vague, but basically um, as you're leveling up, you're going and visiting these different towns. It was one of the first games that it re- really truly had an open world to it. Now it was tile-based. Uh, we're talking yeah. back on like Apple IIe computers and, and Commodore 64, stuff like that. Wait, is this, I, I, I just want to make sure, is this uh-huh. Quest Avatar? Quest of the Avatar? It is Quest is of the Avatar. Okay, okay. Very good, yes. It was, ringing, it was ringing bells, and I was like, okay, I've heard I of this very game before, impressed. number four. Okay, yes. So <laughs> I, got, I know what you're talking listen, about. Listen, everybody out there, I, I want to point something out. I, I am hoping that this perspective has been thoroughly quashed by now, and sadly, I know better. But if anybody out there thinks that women don't know their video games, 
<laughs> I just want to say the two of these people could school a lot of you out there. And the fact that, I mean, Andrea, you're not, I mean, you're not super young, but you're not that old. No, no. I don't want to give any numbers or anything, but you're you're definitely <laughs> oh, goodness, I, this is definitely before <laughs> your time. And the fact that I'm, you could name I'm that I'm than Andrea for frame of yeah. reference. Okay. I'm a baby. I'm a baby. I'm impressed. I total props on that. Quest of the yeah. Avatar, yes. Yeah. So the idea was that basically you're elevating your character to the point where you are an avatar for everything that people should be. And there were eight different attributes, things like honesty and justice and humility and sacrifice and compassion. And, and you had to attain certain levels through all of these things. There was still combat and clearing dungeons and things like that, but it was, it was immersive in a way that no other game had been up to that point. And it gave a totally different take. And it was, instead of going and trying to slay the evil you're trying to better yourself instead. It was just a total 180. And I loved that. Then going forward with the series, uh, when you got up to Ultima 7, especially you, this was one of the first games where you could interact with almost everything in the world. It was isometric in, instead of really tile-based. Um, this is still before the day of first person shooters and stuff like that, but still you could pick up candlesticks and dinner plates and now that's a very common thing. But you got to remember, this is like late 80s. Okay, this was unheard of. And the world building, which I, to this day, not only do I still have the maps memorized, I can tell you where like the, uh, the dead tree in Minoc that had the, uh, the, <laughs> the magic axe hidden in it. And... Um, just all kinds of, of little things about the world. I can like the little runic uh, Norse runes and stuff like that. I can read and write those to this day. Like it, it was just an incredible amount of world building um, Ultima nine. And, and to kind of bring us full circle to today, EA bought origin, the company who was making these games and uh, Ultima 9 was the first game that they were releasing. And this was the, it was uh, kind of the over the shoulder third person perspective like Uncharted. And again, unheard of. The technology for this just was not around back then. And there was no interface. Like when you clicked on your backpack, it opened up on screen a backpack and there were items in the backpack and you could drag them around and whatever. And, you know, you're walking past a saloon with a little sign hanging outside and you could click on it and make it swing back and forth. And you did mouse gestures to swing your sword around. And, and it was, again, it was unheard of. There was no, um, it was seamless. When you walk into a dungeon, you're just, you're walking in. There's no zoning, so to speak. EA was in such a rush to put it out. It was so bug ridden. Mm -hmm. The game just bombed it was unplayably bad and they did patch after patch after patch and it still remained unplayable it tanked the entire series it was that was uh what what michael bay has done to my childhood for transformers movies <laughs> EA has done for video games for me and that was just the beginning of what would later become the juggernaut of evil that EA has now become. Evil association. Yes. That was the first, the the first one that EA just utterly destroyed. 
Listen, their their guy looks like a, an evil villain. Every time I turn on EA or not EA, uh, E3 coverage, I'm just like, look at him. He's still dressing like a villain. He hasn't learned. Maybe he has. Maybe he's embracing oh, the evil. <laughs> the, the dark side. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. So we're at about, an, we're a little over an hour. We've still got more to talk about. Uh, Shannon, I, I'm going to cut you short on this one. It's fine. <laughs> okay. What do you got next? Because it, it has to be said, the Bioshock games. Oh, yeah. Particularly Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Just now, uh, I started playing Bioshock and uh, I'm a nervous little baby. So there, I got stuck in a part where I could hear laughing, but I could not find her. So I just, I said to my friend, can I play Infinite and go back? So I can at least get used to the gameplay because this was before I really played first person games. So this is my first first Uh, person game. Okay. Um, And so she was like, go for it. Uh, I love infinite. I actually like it a little bit more just because I like that story more. Yeah. Play it, get used to the gameplay, go back. I fell in love with Bioshock infinite Booker DeWitt. First of all, Troy Baker, you cannot go wrong with yeah. Troy Baker. <laughs> you can um, never go wrong. And Elizabeth, like it was just a compelling story and having the yeah. mystery unravel before you and just the heart, the horrific implications of everything that you find out and like just the revelations that keep coming and how the world changes as you do certain things just was amazing as it unfolded. And it's just such a beautiful game. And the music, yeah. I mean, that subplot of the guy who steals music from our world was hilarious. <laughs> like, it's just like he, when I heard um, everybody wants to rule the world through that one portal, I was like, this is <laughs> I can't believe this is something they came up with. It was just such a creative game. And it's such a shame yeah. about what's happened with 2K and. You know, I I would have loved to see them continue. Like, what else? What other worlds can we find? But I, Infinite was just so good, and just the ending is just so soul crushing. Yeah. What because of because of what you discovered, and when I went back to play Bioshock, it was a lot easier. I really enjoyed it because that God would you kindly, and. Like, it's just, it's such a creative story. And the fact that, you know, I'll, I'll end it with this. Like the, the way I see how iconic it is, I had to email 2K because my soundtrack uh, code was, I bought the box set, but way late. Mm -hmm. Um, And I emailed them. I was like, Hey, my code doesn't work. Can somebody help me out? I saved this email because the response made me so angry, but also so so happy. He's like, okay, I fixed, I, I sent you this code. Would you kindly enter it in the box? And I literally emailed him back. I was like, <laughs> I respect you. I respect you. But like, just, it's so deep in everyone's consciousness and, yeah. Oh, Bioshock Infinite. The end of Bioshock Infinite. Oh, yes. But, like, that was just, such a well-crafted game all yes. around. God, yeah. just the way the storylines all tied together. Mm-hmm. And just the implication, how both games implicated each other. is also how they went back. And like, first of all, the twists in those games are almost unbeatable. 
Like yeah. the fact that I did not see either twist coming. Um, but cause I managed not to spoil myself on either game. I managed to do it, but the things that they put in the second game to add to the richness of the first game, I find that so rare Yeah, that like they could go back and not necessarily retcon, but explain how these two things could happen in a way that's still like it adds additional layers. It, it's and not, it makes you want to go back and play it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Listen, there's always a man. There's always a lighthouse. There's always a city the, yeah. that and just seeing the lighthouses. Oh man. Like just that was amazing. And it is such a shame that it is likely we will never have a new Bioshock game. Mm. Uh, because I would have loved to see how that giant revelation at the end of Bioshock Infinite carried into more mm-hmm. cities, more impossible cities. Yeah. And just, I would have loved to see what other crazy things they could have come up with. But Infinite is just so, and like the worship of the Founding Fathers, and like yeah. it's so relevant. And you know, the use of the modern music and will the circle be unbroken and just everything about that. I, I, I agree with you completely. I'm going to cut you off though. Cause there's so That's much done. I'm there's done. so much that we could talk about with, with I was Bioshock. Done. I got you. I okay. was done. I'm not trying to be mean. I mean, it, it's such no, a no, good no, game. I know. I, that if you guys want to hear more, go to, ah, there you go. Check <laughs> no, out our Bioshock series. Exactly. All right, Andrea. What do you got for us? Wait, wait, wait. Oh, no. Rosalind, Robert, Booker DeWitt, and Elizabeth, Big Daddy. Love them. Okay? Okay. Okay. Me. Cool. My turn. Cool. Um, <laughs> Good input. Okay. So, this one's a really hard one. There's two that it kind of breaks my heart to actually let one go because I can only choose one. <laughs> but I'm going to go with Jack and Daxter. Jack and Daxter was a a really fun game. Like all I'm going to talk about like the first to like the number one to three, because I know that there's extensions to those, but like the stories are like very different and unique. The first one, he's in an Island. He, 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 I don't know. He's not exposed to the outside world and a lot of puzzles. Daxter is, it's, a very fun character to play with. And then the second game, you go into the city, he gets tested on and and you see a huge change. And again, I I really just like the stories and there's a a huge variety of things that you can do within the games is not just a linear um, kind of system. Um, There's different missions that you can go to. There's a lot of background stories. You connect with the characters so that Jack and Daxter is one of my favorite ones. I can play it a million times and just enjoy it over overall cool short and sweet there you go okay you know um here's what i think we're gonna do we've got a few more games to talk about and then i i also want to get your opinions on what makes a good video game but i want to split it up so what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up this episode right now and then we are going to move on to a part two which will be in our next episode of getting sidetracked All right. So that's it for this episode. I think we covered up some really, really good classic games that really epitomize the immersion that we're looking for when we play video games. 
And uh, I think anything that's been mentioned is, is really worth recommending to people if you haven't played any of them. I know we've mentioned several tonight I haven't played in, and I have on my list already. And uh, I I think that if you haven't checked them out, you should check them Better. out. Maybe not all <laughs> tonight. At this to point, it's hard to be brief on video games. It really is. I mean, today. if they're good enough to mention in a show like this, they're good enough that it's hard to talk about them only briefly. Yeah. That's the thing. There's just so much to a video game. It's, right. It's it's like a movie, but there's, there's because you're part of it. Yes. You're and interacting that's why with it. It's so hard so to be brief because you, you have so invest many more emotionally in it because yes. you're interacting with it. You are representing part of the the story yourself. I so. am Booker DeWitt. <laughs> and I mean, the thing is, is that you don't I'm even hate him. So that's not fully a joke. It doesn't have to be like, um, Mass Effect, where like you have decisions to make, like just playing that character, you kind of make yourself be that character. Right. Like, okay, I'm making this decision because of this, and this is the way that I'm gonna fight this person. Like, even though you don't have decisions to make, um, just the way that you play it and the way that you move throughout the game, that just makes you feel like you're in it. So exactly. that's a very special part of it. Exactly. All right. Well, be sure to check out the next episode of Getting Sidetracked. That'll be episode number three. It will be coming very soon because we're going to record it right now. We're just not going to let you hear it yet. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. So um, thank you, both of you, for being here on the show. Uh, I want to point out that our Twitter account is at Random Chatter. Uh, We're on Facebook at Random Chatter Network, facebook.com slash Random Chatter Network. But where can we find the two of you on Twitter? Shannon, where can we find you? I am on Twitter at ShankBeezy, uh, just to make sure you you know what I'm saying. That is spelled S-H-A-N-K-B-E-E-Z-Y. All right. Andrea, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at CatsBears. That's K-A-T-Z-B-E-A-R-Z. Breaking out the Z. All right. Now, remember, you only have to type. Yeah, you only have to type the Z part if you're visiting from Canada. So, you don't have to type it all the way out if you are in the U.S. or other outlying territories. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, let's see. What else do I have to I, – I, th- you know, we're doing this without show notes. So I had to actually pull up some show notes here to hit the rest of the stuff, especially the music, because I didn't remember which song we used in the show because we've only done one episode so far. The song in this show is actually a three-piece suit by Blue Stolly. Be sure to go to randomchatter.com to check out all of our other shows. We've got a lot of great stuff there. Uh, spread the word. Tell your friends about us, um, especially a new show like this. Getting sidetracked. This is our going to be our primary discussion-based show for entertainment topics in general. Sometimes it's going to be really serious stuff. Sometimes it's going to be light, fluffy, goofy stuff. Uh, but hopefully it's going to be fun no matter what it is. And we would love it if you would help spread the word about it. It's hard sometimes to have a new show really get up off the ground. And this is your chance to be able to be an influence in the success of this show. This is a chance for you to interact with us and interact with the rest of the community to actually build a community for the show. And we appreciate that. So please do that. Um, if you'd like to help support the network, head over to patreon.com slash random chatter. Um, there are different tiers there for donations. Even the lowest level of donation, just a dollar, will get you into our Slack community. Um, and just that alone is, I mean, I think it's a no-brainer. I think it's worth a dollar just because of all the great conversations we have going on there, which are, are constant on all kinds of different topics. Uh, So be sure to check that out. And that's it. Until next time, take care.